When the music fades, all is stripped away, and I simply come. Longing just to bring something that's of worth that will bless your heart. I'll bring you more than a song, for a song in itself is not what you have required. You search much deeper within. Through the way things appear, you're looking into my heart. I'm coming back to the heart of worship, and it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the. It's all about you, Jesus. King of endless worth, no one could express how much you deserve. Though I'm weak and poor. Every single breath, I'll bring you more than a song. For a song in itself is not what you have required. You search much deeper within. Through the way things appear, you're looking into my heart.
into my heart, into my heart. I'll bring you more than a song. I'll bring you more than a song. Yeah. I'll bring you more than a song. I'll bring you more than a song. Good morning and welcome to morning worship in the parish of Castlochur and Gosainen. In ordinary times, we're one church meeting in three places in St Catherine's in Gosainen, in St David's and St Michael's in Lacher. But for the time being, we're meeting together online. If this is your first time with us, my name is Adrian and I'm the vicar, and I'd particularly like to welcome you. Remember that you can go to our website, syncath.org.uk, where you'll discover a little bit more about what God is up to and how you can join in with that. Also remember that in addition to this service, there are opportunities to join together, to grow in faith and to enjoy fellowship throughout the week. Most of our meetings are on Zoom and if you'd like to get involved, do be in touch with us and we'd happily send you the details. But as we prepare to worship, let's pray together. Let your merciful years, Lord, be open to the prayers of your humble servants, and that they may obtain the petitions that they make. May they ask the things that are pleasing to you. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. So let's worship together.
Matthew chapter 15, verses 10 to 28. Jesus called the crowd to him and said to them, Listen and understand, it is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but it is what comes out of the mouth that defiles. Then the disciples approached and said to him, Do you know that the Pharisees took offence when they heard what you said? He answered, Every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be uprooted. Let them alone, they are blind guides of the blind, and if one blind person guides another, both will fall into a pit. But Peter said to him, Explain this parable to us. Then Jesus said, Are you also still without understanding? Do you not see that whatever goes into the mouth enters the stomach and goes out into the sewer? But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this is what defiles. For out of the heart comes evil intentions, murder, adultery, fornication, theft, false witness, and slander. These are what defile a person, but to eat with unwashed hands does not defile. Jesus left that place and went away to the district of Tyre and Sidon. Just then, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and started shouting, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. But he did not answer her at all. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she keeps shouting after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. He answered, It is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. She said, Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, Woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed instantly. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
before I spoke a word, you were singing over me. You have been so, so good to me. Before I took a breath, you breathed your life in me. been so, so kind to me.
May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be now and always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our great Redeemer. Amen. Jesus' encounter with a Canaanite woman in the Gospel today isn't a comfortable one to read, nor is it an easy one to understand. At first glance, it seems out of character for Jesus to reject or dismiss a woman seeking healing for her child. It's totally unlike Jesus to use such dismissive words, humiliating this woman in the presence of other people. So let's put this story into context to try and understand it a little bit better. At the beginning of this chapter in Matthew's Gospel, Matthew tells us that the Pharisees and the teachers of the law have all come to Jerusalem to question Jesus. We can be sure that they're not questions that come from open minds or to seek new understandings or to deepen their faith. Their aim is to challenge Jesus and to discredit him. They're keen to know why Jesus' disciples don't follow the traditional Jewish rituals on hand-washing before eating. Jesus doesn't answer their question. Instead, he launches a ferocious attack into the way that they themselves use traditions to undermine the spirit of God's law. He calls them hypocrites, people who give the appearance of worshipping and honouring God, but who in fact put their own interest first, harming other people in the process. The Pharisees accuse Jesus of breaking tradition, while Jesus insists that in fact he is the one calling people to live according to God's law, not a human distortion of it. The Pharisees knew a lot about God, but they didn't know God. When we claim to honour God, but our hearts are far from him, our worship means nothing. It isn't enough to study about religion or even to study the Bible. It's not enough to act religious. Our actions and our attributes must be sincere. Over the centuries, the Jews had added hundreds of religious traditions to God's law. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law considered all these things to be of equal importance. Certain religious traditions can add richness and meaning to our lives, but we mustn't assume that because those traditions have been practised for many years that they should be elevated to a sacred standing. God's principles never change and the Lord doesn't need additions. Traditions should help us to understand God's law better, not become laws in themselves. Washing our hands before we eat is something scientifically proven to help reduce the risk of passing bacteria into our bodies. And in today's COVID-19 world, we know all about this. It's a sensible bit of advice and it's good action to take. The tradition is a good one, but it isn't the way to be righteous and to get right with God, which is what the Pharisees were pressurising people to do, along with hundreds of other obligations. And they don't like Jesus challenging their status quo on this. After this really painful encounter with the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, Jesus goes on to spend some time with his followers, explaining what makes a person clean and unclean. Jesus says that the food we eat passes through our bodies. Again, this is scientifically proven. When you put something in your mouth, it travels through your digestive system, and when after all the good, useful nutrients have been absorbed, 
the rest passes right out the other end. It's a vital physical function, but Jesus affirms that it has no moral and no spiritual implications. By contrast, the way that we speak and what we say and the way that we act does have moral and spiritual implications, affecting us and others too. Our words and our actions can be described as unclean because they come from our hearts, not from our bodies. These incredibly personal, intimate parts of our being don't enter our bodies and then leave. They're permanent residents there. They're woven into our character. Symbolically, they are our heart, and we can't live without our heart. The problem isn't linked to the superficial things that we eat. Food goes in and it comes out of the body. The things that harm you come from the inside. What comes out of your mouth gets its start in your heart. The real issue is sin in the heart, for out of the heart comes evil thoughts. These are what make you unclean. No one says something mean or unkind with their lips unless they first thought about it in their hearts. No one acts on such words unless they've processed and addressed them internally first. If you have an issue with doing the wrong thing, not doing the right thing, saying the wrong thing, or not speaking what you know you should speak, look to your heart. There's the root of your problem. The solution to the problem isn't external ritual, as the Pharisees were suggesting. Only God can change our hearts, and we need the Holy Spirit to transform and to purify our hearts. We work really hard to keep our outward appearances attractive. But what's deep down in our hearts, where others can't see, is what's more important to God. What are you like on the inside? When we become Christians, God changes something on the inside, and he continues this process of change inside us for the whole of our lives, if we only ask. God wants us to have healthy thoughts and motives, as well as healthy bodies. It's after this teaching that Jesus goes to the district of Tyre and Sidon, where he meets the Canaanite woman. She'd come to Jesus to beg him to heal her daughter. This woman was a Gentile, not a Jew. She was considered an outsider, and to the Jews she would have been considered unclean, not one of God's chosen people. Jesus chose not to reply to the woman's plea for help. There are few things more painful than seeing your own child suffer. The Canaanite woman's daughter was suffering terribly. She must have cried out in her heart, How long, O God? Jesus appears to be having none of it. To the Jewish crowds watching, and maybe to us reading today, it seems that he's come for them, the insider only, those who are morally upright and good, those who knew what to say and how to say it, where to sit and where to kneel in the temple, when to wash their hands. I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Jesus knew that his critics were watching, and they would have rejected this woman and considered Jesus unclean simply because he spoke to her. Then he said exactly what they were thinking. It's not fair to take a child's food and to throw it to the dogs. Dog was a term that Jews commonly used to apply to the Gentiles, 
because they believed that these pagan people were no more likely than dogs to receive God's blessing. This isn't Jesus on a bad day, or Jesus having had a personality transplant. He's not wanting to degrade the woman by using this term. He's simply reflecting the attitude of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law in order to contrast it to his own attitude. This is Jesus exactly showing the Pharisees and the teachers of the law and the crowds that witness exactly what's going on, what empty, hypocritical religion looks like. It's uncomfortable. It stinks. It's not only damaging for us, but it's damaging for others too. And thankfully, in God's eyes, there's no such thing as an outsider. The Canaanite woman was not to be deterred by this dramatic stunt, perhaps because the reputation of the Pharisees, and crucially the reputation of Jesus, went before them. Even the so-called outsider could see what Jesus was doing. She trusted that he wouldn't let her down, and she kept asking for healing, and refused to be discouraged by the fact that Jesus didn't seem to be answering her request. She came, and kneeling down she worshipped him and kept praying, Lord, help me. Her quick, witty retort that even dogs eat what children don't want releases the tension, and we can perhaps imagine Jesus smiling as he finds such faith in the outsider, whilst it's evidently missing among the insiders, the apparent chosen people of God. Jesus' love and his compassion flows freely, and it leads to her daughter being healed after all. Jesus' big point here is that he may have been seen to be ritually unclean because he was speaking to this Gentile woman, but his words and his actions were all loving and healing, reflecting the character of God and his gracious acceptance of all people. Yes, it wasn't only physical healing that was witnessed on that day, but the welcome cry of God to all non-Jews, a call for all the dogs to come back to their ultimate master, and that trumps every ritual and every tradition. The whole chapter presents us with a challenge about how we live out our faith in our homes, in our congregations, our communities and in our places of work. We're powerfully reminded that we can say and do all the right things, but what matters is what's going on in our hearts, and ultimately, what goes on in our hearts will always show itself in our lives and in our relationships. We're reminded that God looks to the very centre of our being to access our true state, but he does so with love, with compassion, always wanting to be able to forgive and to heal so that we can live transformed lives, transforming rebellious, selfish thoughts and patterns into ones that please him, ones that heal us, ones which ultimately will naturally flow into our words and into our actions, peppering our whole world with the love of God. And finally, we're reminded that we too are called to love beyond all boundaries, ignoring all social niceties and prejudice, because no one is outside of the reach of God's love, which is for all people, everywhere and always. Amen. Be 
Moses was commissioned by God at the burning bush. He was told to say to the children of Israel that I am had sent him to them. Let us bear this name in mind as we come before God in prayer. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we humbly come before you. Firstly, to give thanks for the great salvation that you have brought for us through your blood shed at Calvary. All of the condemnation, demerit and failure that was rightly ours, you took upon yourself when you submitted to death by crucifixion. You paid the price by taking upon yourself the sentence that was ours and purchased us for yourself. As a result, we are now members of the heavenly household, 
with all the promise of care and provision that this implies. We pray for those given oversight of us, John our Bishop and Archbishop, Adrian our Priest and the leadership team under him. May they all know the guiding hand of your Holy Spirit as they teach and care for us, administer the Church and reach out into the wider local community with the message of your love. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. As members of your household, we pray that you will grant all of us the strength and will to live in a manner worthy of your calling, to live in accord to your holy word, maintaining a spirit of peace and love between all of us that call upon your name. May we also be always ready to give an answer to any who ask about the life that we now lead. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We remember before you Elizabeth, our Queen, asking that you will bless her and keep her. We pray also for those who exercise authority over us as a nation, that they may know wisdom in fulfilling the role given to them, especially at this time of crisis, with the ongoing COVID-19 epidemic and the resultant impact on our society. We remember also the Brexit negotiations and the implications that these will have for our future in this land. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We also pray for those in leadership elsewhere in the world. When we consider the current situation in other lands, we often perceive corruption and oppression. People who lord it over those whom they have charge. We are minded of your own guidance in this matter and simply pray that your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for all those in need at this present time, for the oppressed, for those struggling financially, for the homeless, for the lonely, the worried, the hurting and the betrayed. We particularly pray for the disabled and those among us who are sick or injured. Remember also those who have lost loved ones and who may not have been able to say the goodbyes that they would have wished to due to the lockdown. We pray also for those whose hopes have been deferred, such as those awaiting a marriage postponed by the present crisis. May you be for all these the God who provides, the God who comforts, the God who heals, and the God of peace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the young people in the parish. Lockdown will not have been easy for them, nor for their parents in trying to fill the gap in their education. We think particularly of those awaiting exam results and the fact that these may not represent accurately their capabilities. God of all righteousness, please grant them justice and fairness in the final outcome, that their future lives may not be blighted by this. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Finally, 
We pray for this parish in which we live, and all who reside here. Once it was privileged to experience the presence of your Spirit as the Welsh Revival broke out here, and many directly encountered for themselves the deep love of God. We humbly ask that you would restore the honour and glory of your name here, that all men may see and come with reverent fear to the living God, and find true peace and healing for their souls. Hear us, O Heavenly Father, for the sake of Jesus Christ, our only Mediator and Advocate, to whom with yourself and the Holy Spirit be all honour and glory, world without end. Amen. So as we begin another week, do remember, as I said at the beginning, that there are lots of opportunities throughout the week to grow in faith and to enjoy fellowship together. And if you'd like those details, please do be in touch with us because we'd love to share them. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you always. Amen. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou Great.
to 